Welcome back to the Have Not Room. I am joined by Brian and Chad, and we are finally back to uh, to talk about Big Brother 24. Uh, it's been a, a bit of a struggle between my internet and just like scheduling issues where we uh, keep on putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, but the season got interesting, so mm-hmm. we needed to get back and talk, and uh, we are doing this now uh, just hours before a potential huge blindside vote is going to go down. Possibly one of the biggest blindsides that we've had on Big Brother US in years. Uh, so a lot of a lot of fun to talk about. We had a, a great episode uh, last night on Wednesday, uh, and uh, we have uh, possibly one of the most interesting seasons we've had in at least a few years at this point. So, Chad, what are you, what are your thoughts here? I know we have uh, it's been a while since we've talked here, and there's a lot to go over. But what are your immediate thoughts right now? Yeah, I mean, um, I just caught up on the episode today, so it's um, finally some good Big Brother. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I know we were texting like, oh, it's going to be another season like this, but Connor mm-hmm. um, surprisingly saved the season, which I never thought I would ever say those words. Yep. But no, I mean, this is like, this is good Big Brother. This is what we came here to talk about, you know, good gameplay and not just another season where... A majority alliance just completely rolls over the house in the beginning but we've had like three alliance shifts and girls versus boys except the boys don't even view it that way and then like you know the leftovers coming together is just like such an awesome alliance and you know everything with taylor um which is like just awful i'm kind of glad she's getting a little redemption and in a pretty good spot in the house right now i'd say so I don't know. I'm glad it really turned on a dime in since you no know, Turner became HOH. It's awesome. Yeah. All it took was your winner pick Pooch going out. See, and, you know, I'm, will- <laughs> I'm willing to make this sacrifice. <laughs> I, look, I'll, I'll preemptively say, Brian, I'll, no matter what goes on, we're going to grant you the win here on uh, on this winner pick thing, right? Uh, I, I know I personally am not rooting for my winner pick at this point and mm. am definitely hoping that he gets evicted next week, so... Uh, regardless, I think that we're going to come out of this Brian on top. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's a rough, uh, through only fault of himself, Daniel has have had a rough week um, from just a very, very strange and aggressive, like, confrontation to Taylor, which was shown on last night's episode. Um, I think that was a good like example to show because it really really like just kind of showed how ridiculous taylor has been treated um and it was like well edited well i mean they left one part out where nicole was crying because the diary room was like can you please stop being mean to taylor but uh we're gonna show that though yeah they're gonna show that but uh yeah it was good because you know taylor Pretty much this whole season has not been doing anything to antagonize anybody intentionally. And yet she's been faced with these really horrible situations. And like, I think anyone can put themselves into her shoes and just like feel so bad for her having to face this kind of stuff. And that scene was, it was rough to watch for sure. Um, I mean, I think we've all had moments in our lives where like we don't expect something confrontational and then we walk into a situation and it's confrontational and that's never a good feeling. So I think can all relate to that. And it just like, I don't know. I just feel so bad for Taylor having to deal with this kind of stuff. Um, luckily it does look like things are going to turn around, but it doesn't change the fact that she had to go through this for like what, three, four weeks at this point. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like the the show hasn't really, up until that point, like shown the full extent of kind of Taylor's situation. But this has been the situation for her uh, from like basically hour one, uh, and like even we, the last time we spoke was like two days after the feeds came on or something like that, and we were already mentioning this stuff happening then. So like this wasn't this isn't like new. Um, and Paloma and uh, Amira to a lesser extent, and also Jasmine uh, were some of the big people pushing it uh, at that point. 
and then at a certain point, people like uh, Monty at that point, and then uh, you know now Dan uh, Daniel and Nicole kind of jumped on that as well. Um, and we even saw kind of an, a show edited version of that consequence uh, early on where Taylor came to Monty in good faith and warned him about uh, Paloma targeting the guys. He assumed that she was lying um, because that was after they had kind of started putting together what would ultimately be called Pose Pack, but at that point was called Mamba. Um, and uh, he trusted uh, Paloma, who was openly lying to him over Taylor, who was trying to give him a heads up. Uh, and a lot of that was to do with the social isolation and uh, false rumors and just like kind of relentless trash talking that was done behind Taylor's back for weeks. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, this was kind of the the first time they real the show really kind of leaned into okay, we have to show something here because like this is extremely uh, like first of all like the the edit they showed of uh, Taylor asking Monty to do a prayer while Daniel and Nicole were in the other room uh, saying Taylor is a bad person. Like, that wasn't even edited that way uh, to, like, be intentionally like, oh, these two crazy things happen simultaneously. No, those two things literally happened simultaneously on the feeds. One, like, on one side of the feed you saw Taylor asking Monty to do a prayer as on the other side of the feed, Daniel and Nicole were in the back room saying, I don't think Taylor is a good person. Like that was like, they, they didn't even need to edit it. It was pre-edited based off of how it happened on the feed. So like mm -hmm. just how, how absolutely ridiculous that whole situation was and how like needlessly cruel Nicole and Daniel are uh, to her in this moment, just like, it's just like, else to say. And I think it, it summed it up. But it's just like, you know, as someone who's not like a Big Brother historian, more of like a casual fan who, you know, I really have emphasized on the show. Like, you know, I like personalities and watching players and I root for who I actually like in the house. Mm -hmm. um, but this house just like sucks. <laughs> like, honestly, like there's so many bullies. Like, I mean, there's a handful of people that I, I do genuinely enjoy watching. Like, of course, you know, Brian's winner pick. Of course, um, Kyle and some of the other guys. But, like, mm. anytime Daniel and Nicole are on screen now, it's just, like, and knowing everything going on in the background with the feeds, that they're just, like, bullies to Taylor for no reason, especially after a season where, you know, without getting too into, like, the racial side of it, the cookout and everything, and, you know, everyone talking about the cookout, but even before the season started, like, there's going to be another cookout. But it's just like this girl was targeted day one because she's essentially just an attractive person. <laughs> and that just like started it. And I think, you know, probably Palomo's a little jealous or something. I don't know. But like, it's just been this like piggyback. What Jenny said, uh, you know, we're three guys. So we, it's hard for us to say. But like when Jenny like caught up, she was like, I feel like Paloma was jealous of Taylor and oh, how yeah, she was sure. like getting attention from the guys. So. I think you're right there, Chad. At least that's what... Yeah, it's just... Says. It's such, like, a petty thing that they've just, like, made Taylor this, like, punching bag for the house. Mm -hmm. And it, I feel like it shows a lot of people's true colors when they just, like, bully, especially what Daniel did and Nicole. It's like, the girl was outside praying for you because you, she thought your mom was sick and you're here, like, trash-talking her. Like, it makes me think, like, did they actually have that conversation where Taylor was like, I thought, like, something happened with your mom, I was praying for you. But it seems like they just, like, rid her off, and it was like, I have no idea what I did. Even half the house was like, I don't know why they're bullying you, but yeah, I don't know. It sucks to watch. I mean, it's good TV, it's entertaining, but, like, Jesus Christ. It's... <laughs> well, it's good TV because there's the, the other shoe dropping of the leftovers forming, and now we're sitting here... And Daniel and Nicole, in an hour to an hour and a half, are about to get blindsided horrifically, as is half of the house, primarily the people who had been mostly being the ones who were doing this stuff to Taylor. And Taylor's in a good spot now. And Daniel and Nicole are the primary targets headed in next week. So that's, I think, why we could watch last night's episode and enjoy it as a, like a piece of television, despite like 
that scene being like very difficult to watch yeah because there's a payoff and we know that daniel and nicole are going to get their comeuppance right oh yeah i i can't wait to like watch this season or we see some sort of like apology at the end of it it's just gonna be like half fast at best and we're just gonna be like Ugh, just go away <laughs> but yeah because if it if there weren't you know going to be a blind side if there if the shoe wasn't going to drop uh it would just be you know bb21 again which was right. a really tough season to watch um up until when or what were they called the six shooters up until yeah. when they broke up it was pretty much just like an uncomfortable experience um and then it got a little less and a little more interesting but like I didn't want to have to wait for the big alliance to break up on this season for it to get good, you know? Yeah. And even even with BB-21, where we had Nicole, who was, like, the fan favorite, and then Cliff, to a lesser extent, both go very deep into the game and both, like, have super, like, you know, get super close to winning. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, neither of them won, but they both got very close to potentially winning the season. Uh, like, that was essentially two players and they were forced to align with people who are still being kind of hateful and cruel in yeah. a lot of ways. It's just that they realized that it was in their best interest to align with Cliff and Nicole. Whereas here, uh, we have people like Kyle and Turner, uh, in particular and Joseph as well, Monty to a lesser extent, uh, but those three as well, making uh, a concerted effort to point out the bad treatment and try and uh, be kind of a counteract to it and correct it. Uh, and we, you know, we know, because we, we haven't seen the veto ceremony yet, but we know that in the veto ceremony speech, Turner specifically calls out the bad treatment of Taylor uh, mm -hmm. to the house. So uh, I think that's, that kind of gives the, the way that this is happening. It makes it a little bit more enjoyable than anything that happened in BB-21 for sure. Uh, even though there were like great moments in DB21, despite its kind of yeah, no, there overall. definitely were. There were some <laughs> very good gameplay and great moments, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think to um, it's just it's just been you know a weird experience, but I think we're coming out on the other side now that we're back. Oh, you know, knock on wood, we're not going to take another three-week break between now and uh, <laughs> our next episode. We, we have a lot of potentially fun Big Brother going down. I saw someone compared uh, what Danny and Nicole will be doing to when Fessy uh, and Haley were, like, on the bed, like, just recounting all their missteps and how everything mm -hmm. went wrong for <laughs> Faute. They're going to be doing that for their alliance which should be interesting oh yeah no daniel and nicole are a million percent going to make this blind side about them mm -hmm. uh they're they're going to like that's their their mo is making everything about them even if it is not about them at all so yes they are going to you know they're going to somehow increase the negative attention towards them uh just by being like oh my god this was God, I love definitely it. not us. We had nothing to do with this, even though they've been talking for the last two days about wanting to throw uh, pity votes in Terrence's way. And mm -hmm. everybody in the house knows this. Uh, right. So they're going to be the first people that everyone looks at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it should be interesting. Um, Terrence is going to be an interesting spot. One, because, you know, he is aware that he's staying. Um, yeah. But two, like, what's, what's he going to do? Like, he said he's not going to be safe necessary which i of course thought that it was going to be like bb 13 uh -huh. where like when your partner gets out you get a pass uh -huh. to the jury um that doesn't seem to be the case i don't know if they're going to be like bigger bestie groups or what what's going to happen here uh but yeah no he, he's an interesting spot and i think it's always harder for like the older guys and a lot of times too and i relate to this now as someone pushing 30 um, sometimes you just want to go to bed early and uh, a lot of the people on Big Brother stay up real late and that, that's tough um, so you lose out on a lot of like social interactions uh, early on and that become important but I, I'm excited to see if he can kind of like take this and like run with it a little bit mm -hmm. yeah feels like, yeah. like an early jury mid jury guy yeah you know? <laughs> yeah 
That's <laughs> the, the upside of him. Yeah. That's like upside, yeah. Yeah, I think I think his his ceiling is probably uh, second place. Uh, mm. That's I think even very uh, unlikely. Yeah. Right. Um, but you never know. He is he has uh, in the last like twenty four hours uh, been doing more. Uh, he's realized at this point that uh, Daniel and Nicole are like selfish players who are not going to ever actually you know stick up for him when you know the when the rubber hits the road. Uh, and he's been trying to pull himself in with people like Turner and Kyle and like Joseph to a lesser extent. So there is a chance that he could be essentially used by the leftovers or at least by the pound uh, going forward uh, as like some kind of leverage towards them creating uh, like more of a long-term plan beyond the leftovers. Mm -hmm. So that could be an interesting way that that plays out. I do think that the work that the leftovers have been doing to essentially poison Terrence against a lot of the previous old school people, in particular Daniel and Nicole, uh, really kind of locks them in uh, in pretty much any instance uh, for them to like. I, I would say that right now, the leftovers have a, a decent chance of all making Jerry at this mm -hmm. point. Uh, I think the yeah. only the only way that could really go wrong. Is something like a like maybe an Alyssa HOH that could put up uh, like Monty and Joseph, and then mm. they don't have them or uh, the people who get picked uh, by the veto win. Because the issue is if the if the pairs stay the same, because we don't know how it works. Maybe the pairs will shuffle tonight. Um, yeah. Uh, if the pairs shuffle tonight, that's probably even better for the leftovers, actually. Um, but if the pairs don't shuffle, uh, we were told on last night's episode that if either of the people who uh, are on the pair that wins the veto want to use it, then it gets used. So if the non-Joseph and Monty pair that's in the veto uh, presumably will contain at least one leftover member win, then that person who's in the leftovers will just choose to use the veto and they'll still have the votes to save whoever goes up on the block instead presumably so it the way that this twist works out it's it's actually very difficult for the previous old school people to even accu uh, accurately take a shot at the leftovers uh, and that's with them having the information that the leftovers exist. I was about to ask, like, do they even have any idea that this is yeah. happening? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be chaos. Oh, a million percent. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I, can you kind of walk us through that a little bit? Like, what are... So, we, we assume there's going to be a blind side. I mean, yeah. I was looking at updates, like, even from, like, 10, 15 minutes ago, Amir is, like, talking mm -hmm. a big game about not packing and not... Uh, yeah. leaving and making the jury uh, -huh. uh which, you know that's tough uh will cbs just send her on her way with no nothing if she doesn't pack and just be like well good luck out there like, um no they, yeah they pack it I, after no well i mean what what could happen uh so like on a double eviction for instance when people are evicted and don't have their stuff packed uh mm -hmm. the rest of the house gets are instructed to pack their things up for them <laughs> So if uh, if Amira does leave things behind because she's like cockily not packing everything together, then that'll probably mm -hmm. happen. But yeah, yeah. Like you said, the feeds just went down like 15 minutes ago for the uh, eviction uh, taping, and Amira at this point still thinks that she's safe. Uh, Amazing. And yeah, she had a conversation with Terrence where uh, she was like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not a hundred percent sure, but I mean, this is Amira essentially like." You know, give in her mind, giving Terrence some, you know, uh, you know, like giving him like some hope. Mm -hmm. But from my perspective, Amira one hundred percent thinks at this point that she is staying. Obviously, the leftovers are doing some like kind of crazy gameplay right now that was like kind of kicking off right as the feeds cut that we can talk about um, that may expose the blind side before it happens. But I think that. Uh, very, very likely uh, the majority, or not the majority of the house, but like, you know, 
the most of the people outside of the uh, outside of the leftovers, including Amira, will be uh, blindsided tonight. Nice, love it. Love it. Um, it's been a long time since we've seen an eviction night uh, blindside. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, probably like what BB twenty. Yep. Like yeah, literally, I, I can't think of anything in between. Mm-hmm. Or last week, if you're pooch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, my reading of the pooch thing is he came into the eviction thinking he was going, uh, but thinking that he had at least pity votes from people like Joseph and Turner. Uh, and then he heard that the vote was unanimous and for a split second was like, oh, maybe I actually am good. And then it came out that he wasn't. He was like, oh, okay. That was my reading. But yeah. this is definitely like, like you said, BB20. Like with Faute who flipped. This who is flipped. like, yeah. yeah. This, this is this is that right. This is like probably even more of a blind side than that because uh, in that season, uh, Faute knew that there was a split house. They just thought that they had the numbers in the split house, and so it was like one or two votes that they couldn't put together. Here, most of the house thinks this is going to be unanimous or close to unanimous. So, Man. we'll see, and it's probably going to be six to five. Unless one of Daniel or Nicole throws a pity vote, in which case it'll be seven to four or maybe eight to three. Um, so yeah, definitely Amira blindsided, uh, definitely Alyssa blindsided, definitely Jasmine blindsided, probably Indy blindsided, probably Daniel and Nicole blindsided. Mm-hmm. Will Jasmine faint again? That's the real question. <laughs> Jasmine, <laughs> ja- definitely. Uh, Jasmine also put her on the list of uh, could potentially make the blindside all about her for no godforsaken reason. <laughs> She's so annoying. I saw, I saw, I saw a tweet going around or someone who claims to be like a member of production. Who fucking knows if that's real? We've all been through the Vegas saga um, back in the day, but uh, they're saying that production is trying to get Jasmine to not use her scooter yeah. anymore. That's um, not even that's not even a leak. They're like yeah. saying over the thing and in, in, to the dr uh, in the dr to her. Please try and walk on your ankle like it should be healed by now. We need to make sure that you don't have permanent damage. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point because they're like, uh, yeah, if it's still hurt at this point, you may have broken something and we yeah. have to make you go to the hospital then. Yeah. I mean, you have to DQ. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's a, she's an interesting. I, she just like. Yeah. I feel, I feel like she doesn't want to play. She does, and she's like, "Well, oh, I don't have to, so I don't, I don't want to." It's just yeah. like, what you, you're the, you say you're this big, big brother fan, but you're doing everything in your power to literally just stay at a hotel for a summer and pray to God you don't get like kicked out because you're not paying the rent. It's like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. also annoying as a as a human being. So it's like, whenever she's talking, I'm just like, what well, most annoys me is just the the hamming it up in the southern like accent in the diary room. I was oh like, God. oh, I'm over that. I'm so over that. We had Frenchie last season. Now we got Jasmine this season, both just hamming it. Yeah. Uh, blindside Butterbeans, what? What? Do you what? think it's her? Or do you <laughs> that's think... a fed line. Yeah, that's a fed yeah, line. But... I'm like, yeah, do you yeah, think the... production's just feeding her what to say? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah the diary oh, room actually... is definitely like encouraging her accent because that's not her real voice right well maybe well definitely she's uh, exaggerating the accent in the dr 100 but as far as the lines go i actually am not 100 sure some of them are probably fed but she's also talked today about wanting on the eviction show when she goes in to vote to tell julie that she looks uh as pretty as a chicken wing in a fryer an air fryer or something like that which uh i don't know what that means or she looks as hot as a chicken wing in an air, something like that. I don't know what the fuck the line is, but like, damn, flirt alert. Maybe maybe some of these lines aren't being fed to her because that seems like the kind of line that the dr would feed to somebody and be like, oh, this is funny. People will like this. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I think it was Polly being like, oh, this smells worse than a, the Jersey bathroom after a mm-hmm. chicken wing eating contest, yeah. which is equally as perplexing a thing to say as what she's potentially going to say. I'm like, what? Chicken wing eating contest? 
Oh man, yeah. Uh, I don't know. She's she's not my favorite house guest. I don't know uh, if that's a, a hot take. Um, she's like equally uh, bad. She's like equally bad as like Daniel Nicole, but in like the complete opposite way, where she's just flat out obnoxious. And mm-hmm. I hope someone has the right mind to just say like I like like in their goodbye speech to her like. Goodbye, I guess you're roadkill or something like stupid <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, I take that and I take uh, the BB-19 saying goodbye to Matt. He's like, what? What is like, Matt, goodbye. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin yeah. said it's like Matt. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, goodbye. Uh, leg- <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin. Oh, yeah, this is going to be so sweet. Because um, they're already, like, turning on each other for what Turner said mm-hmm. in his veto speech about the bullying of Taylor. And they're, like, pointing fingers at each other. And now mm-hmm. there's going to be a blind side with, like, a weird vote distribution. Oh. Feeds are going to pop off. So Yeah. Hard. Dude, that's what's going to be good about it. I mean, there's... I feel like there's not a lot of, like, big brother villains anymore, and they're just, like, big brother bullies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just... I don't know when that shift happened, but it definitely feels like more modern big brother has been like that, where they're just, like... It's not even you're a villain and, like, being sneaky and making good moves behind people's back and lying people. It's, like... It's more just, like, them telling people they suck or, like, outcasting Taylor completely. And it's just, like, that's not good big brother, but the... Mm-hmm outcome of it usually is and it sucks but that's what we need it's just good big brother and i want big brother vill- villains back like when are we gonna get like another dr will or like uh <laughs> chill town or something like an actual just like really good villain like survivor has better way better villains than big brother ever has but i don't know uh, give, me, give me the zach rances again where they're not like villains they're just like fun but like i don't know or like, like watch BB Can Ten. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need we need a new Dan who's like a yeah. villain, hundred exactly. percent. But like, he's an evil genius and like entertaining yeah. and fun. Yeah, uh, which maybe <laughs> Kyle can be that. You know, he's mm-hmm. pretty smart. Yeah. He's like pretty conniving. So that could, that could be our next like best hope here. And I don't like. I just thought Kyle was gonna be like a goofy like. You know, he's a TikTok dancer with his mother. He's, you know, like a very religious dude. I did not see, like, this type of gameplay coming out of Kyle. I didn't either. I thought yeah, he was no. good. <laughs> yeah, well, t- technically, he is ex-Mormon, to be fair. Oh, okay. He, All right. He is, uh-huh. you know. Uh, and uh, other, uh, one of the other famous ex-Mormons we have currently on reality TV back again on uh, Wednesday nights on CBS uh, uh, in Tyson Apostle. As uh, also kind of a, a fun villain. Yes. There, there are, you know, villain. some parts of his, you know, survivor history are a little bit mean spirited, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could say. But overall, yeah. I would say he's kind of a fun villain. Uh, and I definitely think uh, Kyle has uh, like a less mean version of Brett upside potentially in terms of like long-term villain archetype. Where uh, playing a really solid game, I would say Kyle's like probably one of, if not the best player right now in the house. Uh, mm-hmm. He's probably the person you can most directly credit with the formation of the the leftovers here, mm-hmm. uh, and like driving a lot of the strategy for the alliance. Um, he is uh, <laughs> wildly chaotic. Uh, you know, today. Uh, well, first of all, like the the way that he's handling Alyssa. Uh, and even trying to get Alyssa out potentially as as early as next week, so that he can avoid going on the block next to Daniel, uh, is crazy. Where he's just leading her on essentially in order to extract information from her. Um, and then today he constructed a plan to try and cause chaos right before the eviction, which is what was starting to happen right before the feeds cut, uh, where he had Taylor talk to Terrence and say that Taylor overheard a conversation with Kyle and Amira in the storage room where they talked about Poe's pack. And so Taylor told Terrence about this conversation and said, there is an alliance called Poe's pack with Kyle and Amira in it. And 
Uh, Jasmine is not involved for sure. Alyssa is not involved for sure. Indy is not involved for sure. Daniel is not involved for sure. So Terrence, you should go to those people and, and tell them and start to pitch this. And eventually Terrence does go to Daniel, tells him this information. Now Daniel already knows about Postpack, even though he's not in it because Nicole has told him. Um, but uh, this is you know information that could potentially create uh, chaos further. Uh, there was about to be a conversation with Joseph that was going to further potentially throw this off uh, a ledge right as the feeds were cut. So this was this was a primarily a Kyle plan that he came up with and because he's like got this little finger-esque chaos as a ladder <laughs> strategy yes. where he just wants to create as much noise as possible around this blind side so that the people who are blindsided have no footing to actually understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all here for it. And, you know, we, we talked uh, over text about how he has wanted to do like fake whispering during the eviction tonight uh, to make <laughs> it like seem that. like the vote is flipping at the last minute to create even more chaos. So people are even more confused. So yeah, like I, I'm loving Kyle. Like Kyle has vastly exceeded my expectations. He's like, creating good TV, creating good feeds. He's uh, he's playing hard and always trying to improve his position, even when it's already in a good spot. Uh, like Kyle of the leftovers was already in probably the best spot. Like maybe Michael as well, but uh, he was actually sitting kind of pretty with post pack, at least for the short term. But he looked at the the like long term longevity of his game and was like, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm in a pretty good spot, but. I could be in a better spot. And especially mm-hmm. with the information Alyssa gave him in that shower conversation where Alyssa was drunk and horny and spilling <laughs> all of the information about uh, old school and about uh, Amira's game, uh, Kyle was like, okay, here's my opportunity to flip the house and become what Amira was, which is the person who's kind of secretly running the show. Mm-hmm. And he did it flawlessly. And so I, I'm. I'm very impressed. I'm excited to see how he does this season going forward. Yeah, I mean, we talk about it on this show, on our Survivor podcasts, The Blindsiders. If you're a player in these games, you need to approach it like this is the one and only chance in your entire life that you're going to get out here. And you should be constantly reevaluating where you stand in the hierarchy of power and... If it's not where you want to be, start trying to do something because at the end of the day, there's only one winner. You're probably going to lose regardless. So you may as well go out trying, you know, whatever you can to win. Play the game. Have fun with it. Like, mm. take those chances. Even I think everyone just, like, wants to play it safe as, for as long as they can until they actually have to try. And then it's, like, mm. by, especially in, like, Big Brother, like, sometimes it's too late and you don't have a you know, a, a shot anymore. Yeah. You'll never know. You'll never know when the moment is slipping through your fingers until it's gone and you're yeah, meeting until Julie you're, Chen. Yeah, until you're sitting away. on the block post-veto. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> like, it's just, just, yeah. So I, I love this. I'm a huge fan of Kyle right now. I'm, I'm thankful that he decided to make the game more interesting for us as people who cover it and just as fans of the show. Yeah, 100%. Thank you, uh, Joseph, Kyle. Joseph as well. Uh, but obviously, Joseph was in uh, a, a much worse spot than Kyle was before this week. So he had uh, it was a, a much easier sell for him to make a move like this. But obviously, like Joseph and Turner uh, going along with this plan and noticing that they needed to make a move like this as well. Like basically, everyone in the leftovers being able to make the kind of uh, like self evaluation that they needed to make this move in order to improve themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just really, really good stuff. Like, like we talk, like we've we've been covering the show now on this podcast for uh, a few years now, and like this is basically the move that every single season we get frustrated that people aren't making, right? Yeah. Like this is like what we yeah. keep yelling at our computer screens for people to do, and finally on this season they did it. So I can't be I can't be any happier, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no or, or they like. Or they like talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. like oh man, maybe I should, and then they just don't do it because mm-hmm. it's too risky. It's like gives a shit, <laughs> just do it. Like if it works, then you get what you want, and 
you know, people usually forget about it the next week anyway, depending yeah. on who's HOH. So it's like... And quite frankly, if it doesn't work out, but you try, but it doesn't work, uh, and you get out, Twitter and the f- online fan base will love you anyway. So, mm. you know, that's, that's pretty positive. You can sell... Uh, whatever MLM stuff you need to on Instagram after the season. <laughs> <laughs> I assume. I, I assume that's what still happens. Skinny tees. Yeah. yeah. Um, skinny tees. Yeah. NFTs. Right. But probably NFTs. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a Big Brother NFT scheme out there if we looked hard enough. Well, there was a Survivor one, right? So There, there was. There was. Um, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, so that's kind of where we we kind of left off. Um, yeah, I mean, the chaos that came after the blind side that we're going to see tonight uh, primarily was uh, fueled by Nicole, I would say, because Nicole is just a very dramatic person, as we've seen. Uh, cool. She likes to make every situation about herself and try to create hysterics around it, um, just yeah. because that's how she gets her kicks. Yeah. The ideal personality you want from someone enforcing the law mm-hmm. at one point in yeah. her life, that's uh, great. I'm glad she, she decided there. to become a chef, because Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm glad she switched careers and not yeah. putting a bad name on my career path. Now, now she is just uh, <laughs> using knives and not guns, at least. <laughs> right, yeah. True. We'll, we'll take that. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely, like, I don't know if this is mean to say, fuck it. I'll just say it. Like, her reads are so bad on people that it makes me like nervous that she was a police officer and like had the fate of people in her hands well maybe that's why she's not a police officer anymore. it could be <laughs> we don't know why she changed careers mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um but yeah so the the primary thing we saw is uh the two people taking the most heat outside of leftovers were indy and Alyssa. Indy, because uh, obviously the comment from Turner about people bullying Taylor couldn't be about Jasmine or Amira or Nicole or Daniel. It has to be about when Indy made a comment in the HOH room about how she wanted to throw soup in Taylor's face and called her a bitch, uh, which was obviously really bad. Yeah, Uh, insane thing to say you want to do, throw soup in someone's face but uh you know um, like mob mentality in this place um so yeah, yeah it really um is. everyone outside the leftovers basically agreed that the bullying comment was basically only about indie and they were all upset that uh turner made that speech but then didn't put the one bully uh indie on the block um right. and so they think that he probably uh, is working with her and she has some kind of deal at first. So that would be uh, the first uh, instance of them not knowing what's going on. Uh, and then we had a situation in the backyard uh, where uh, Nicole was talking to Amira about not trusting Alyssa um, because Alyssa has a big mouth, uh, which true, uh, Alyssa does have a big mouth and that is the reason that, that this is happening. Uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and then uh, Amira talks to uh, Alyssa about this uh, and basically uh, tells Alyssa that people have this view of her. Uh, and then Alyssa says in front of Nicole that uh, basically saying the same words that Nicole said to Amira back to Nicole. And then Nicole was like, okay, I have to talk to Amira and yell at Amira for telling. Alyssa this information and now Alyssa's going to go spread this all over the place uh, and it's going to come back and fall on me and while all this is happening and Nicole is mad at Amira and mad at Alyssa uh, Daniel is mad at Nicole because Nicole is dealing with this situation and not giving him attention you know that's uh, obviously the biggest issue here yeah and so Daniel has a mental breakdown because uh, he has to not talk to Nicole for 10 minutes while Nicole is dealing with something else. Yeah. I, Jesus Christ. It's very, uh, I think they probably were like, oh shit, I don't want to be the bully. And they just like, like took 
that one comment and we're like, yeah, this, this alleviates all of the guilt that I could feel by just pinning it all on Indy. I mean, what Indy said was fucked for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, shouldn't say that, uh, regardless of the context. But uh, it's just like, wow, it's crazy to have done the things that a lot of these players have done and said and to still just be, like, in complete denial of it. That's weird, right? That's, like, so weird. A little bit. It's yeah. just so personal. It's There's, like, nothing that Taylor has done game-wise to ever even, like, come close to saying, like, I'm targeting these people. Even after all this crap, like, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> I think they're just doing it to do it, and it's... I totally get, like, the, oh... No one knows how the Big Brother house is unless you've been in it, and it's stressful, and there's, you know, a lot going on mentally. But I don't know; it just feels like they're taking a lot of aggravation out on Taylor, and it's just she's an easy target to do it. And they're just going to keep doing it, and it's nothing to do with the game, everything to a person, personal stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like it's not fun to watch, but it's going to be so fun to watch Daniel and Nicole finally get their comeuppance and end up on the block or you know hopefully out pre-jury or I, I hope they're jury one and number two that'd be awesome <laughs> they could sit in the jury house and bicker with each other oh but yeah they'll be sitting at home bickering with each other uh, i agree but uh yeah i mean and this is the thing because there i've seen like a couple of instances it's not common that i've seen this but i've seen a couple instances of people online saying like oh but it's a good gameplay from daniel and nicole or at least good gameplay from nicole to continue to try to isolate Taylor, but it's not gameplay, and it's very it's very obviously not gameplay from Nicole. She's like uh, not doing it in a deliberate way for gameplay. From her perspective, uh, when when this blow up happened, which was pre veto, uh, she was under the impression that Taylor was going to go up and out regardless. Uh, so like doing something like this is just drawing more attention to herself when she's going to be sitting on the block next to Taylor. So, like, that would be upsetting the status quo of Taylor leaving, which is, is bad gameplay. And in reality, with how it played out, Daniel and Nicole are the primary targets headed into next week because of this blow-up, and the leftovers came together partially because of this blow-up because uh, Turner was having reservations about the plan uh, because he wasn't sure if Taylor would run information back to Nicole because they were besties in the twist. And then this blow-up happens... And Turner's like, oh, yeah, no, Taylor is obviously done with Nicole. They're not going to talk ever again. And she, like, they obviously are not uh, friends. So I feel perfectly comfortable bringing Taylor in now. And so, like, the, the only, like, the, the, the turning point for Turner being comfortable making this move was this blow-up situation that happened. So this situation is basically directly responsible for Daniel and Nicole being the targets next week and this blindside happening on Amira. So it's not good gameplay. It's not even being done in the vein of it being gameplay. It's just personally malicious for the sake of being personally malicious. Yeah. Yeah. It's never good. Um, it's so funny how like two weeks ago, I thought like Daniel, Nicole, and me are all in a great spot. And now they could literally yep. be going out the door in you know back to back to back weeks well first hoh seemed like he was in a good spot seemed like you know as one of the older folks one of the more mature people you know granted these are the second and third oldest people in the house if i'm not mistaken and they're like by far the most immature and childish it's just like come on just Mm -hmm. leave the girl alone like she's done nothing to you if anything she's tried to help you and talk to you and build relationships with you but I don't know. I, I think we've beat this to a dead horse, and yeah. they're gonna go home. They're gonna feel how much Twitter hates them, and just probably make Stand some half ass. Yeah, they're gonna make some half ass apology and just sink into their lives again. But their apology is gonna be like, "I'm sorry you interpreted the feeds that way." <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be what Pooch said. It'll be uh, well, the producers actually edited the feeds to make me look bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. It's it's pretty crazy that like at this point in Big Brother, you know, between Canada and America happening at the same time, that's like thirty 
plus seasons that people are still trying to be like, well, you don't, you don't know, you know, it's just like a show and you can't know what it was really like. And especially when like a lot of players have come out and been like, okay, like, yeah, the public seems to know very much what was happening in there. Like I, I, it's only when people act very bad um, that they're like, yo, you don't know. Whenever someone's like a pretty like normal, chill person who like played and is like decently liked, they're like, oh yeah, the, the fans seem to have a pretty good grasp on what the dynamics were in the house when I was in there. Crazy also, how it works like, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's also a show that's literally has live feeds and has episodes three days a week for what, three months? Like, people are going to know what's going on in there. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah, sometimes if you just watch the show, you won't know everything. Sure. Because they do cut. But, like, the fans are so plugged in. Even, like, me who, like, watches the live feeds occasionally. But I follow so many people on Twitter. And, obviously, we talk on the show. And, you know, we're always texting about it. Like, I feel like I have a good understanding of what's happening inside the house at yeah. any given time. Yeah. yeah, and for sure, and especially when we have, now we have day one live feed, so we don't even have, mm. like, that few days to a week off at the start of the season. Uh, like, we basically have live feeds from the second they move in. Mm. Uh, so, like, we literally miss nothing. Uh, yeah. And especially in Pooch's case, where I would argue the show edited him to look good and oh, didn't yeah. show any of the horrible things that he did and said about Taylor at all on the on the episodes uh for for him to blame editing or the producers trying to make him look bad uh, as to why people don't like some of the behavior he exhibited in the live feeds is uh, uh it's insulting i guess to my intelligence i would say yeah. <laughs> right. uh yeah i don't know I have uh, a just... as well yeah. where it's like girl they gave you such a nice edit compared to like the reality of the situation you cannot be saying like oh you're only seeing an edited thing mm-hmm. like come on yeah she was not but yeah i mean as picking pooch as my winner pick i'm fucking ashamed <laughs> she's like that guy i didn't realize how much of like a for lack of a better term douchebag he was and just so bad and unaware like the second he's like i'm just gonna i'm gonna go up and it's fine i'm just like this is it. It happened to me again. I forget who it was last season who just... What was it? Jared? Jerome? I don't even remember. The guy... Uh, oh, Jed? Jedson? Jed, Jedson. Yes, Jedson. I mean, he did the same freaking thing, basically. Just self-evict himself. And I'm like, I did it again. I picked yeah, literally the bad. best winner. Well, <laughs> best winner ever. And then the two worst picks ever. Back to back. But I, I mean, to be fair, at least Jed... Well, okay. Well, what Jed did was worse than what Pooch did. Um, but Jed was also uh, one of the better players that season and made it into a, a late game position where he could have won. Uh, oh, yeah. And he could have uh, still come back into the game. <laughs> he he almost like his throw almost got revoked if he uh, didn't lose that uh, buyback comp to uh, to Terra. But yeah. yeah, nominating your like without provocation at all. Offering yourself up as a pawn week two, um, when you're like a real juicy target and you're not in a yeah. majority alliance, because let's be clear, I mean Pooch thought he was with the Oasis uh, and like a solid alliance uh, when Oasis was never a real thing, um, but like, like it's just not, it's just not, it's not good, <laughs> like even uh, even accepting be like if somebody asks you do you want to be a pawn like you kind of are forced into a corner where they're they're not really asking you they're telling you but they're being nice about it but right there's no reason to offer yourself up as a pawn ever for any reason basically at all like it's just it's illogical gameplay and uh and yeah pooch kind of paid the price that uh somebody playing that badly deserves to pay frankly yeah, he looked nice, good, uh, and then he opened his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not great. Um, I mean, I I think you should just try to never be on the block. Uh, that's way more appealing than ever volunteering to go on the block. Um, 
listen, all you future contestants, you need to, like, just accept you're not Dr. Will, all right? You're not going to be able to skate by and, like, charm your way to the end and, like, go on the block and have nothing happen to you. You're going to be like Pooch and get clipped immediately, and it will be very embarrassing. Yeah, and then the week after, everyone is going to refer to what you did as pulling a Pooch and Mm -hmm. advise everybody else to not do it, which has been happening in the house. (laughs) Yep. Where people like have, have turned yeah. him into essentially a, a cautionary tale to not, like, be an idiot and throw for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, there's, a, there's a reason players like Dr. Will are held in such high esteem, because what they pulled off is pretty insane, and it's not something any player can do. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a specific cast, it's specific people, specific time, you know. Yeah, that's a good that point, was, too. Very different time and. Yeah, very TV. Yeah, like nowadays it should be like more of like avoid the block number one and two, like just anyone but me strategy. Because like oh, the past few winners, like you know, you think of some of the good ones like Derek and Cody for just as an example. Um, they saw the block what once towards the end. That's it. Yeah, I think there's a trend there, being on the block less and winning the game, which is obviously the most obvious thing ever, but it's at the same time, like, still, if you never hit the block, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Nicole uh, F also. She yeah, Nicole. a long time. I don't know if it's Nicole F anymore. She got married. I don't know what the uh, hell it is. I don't know what her last name is. I don't know. I don't know if she changed her name to her right at all, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mazel to Nicole and Victor. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think just it's, it should be obvious, but apparently it's not. Just try not to be on the block. You can't go home if you're not on the block. It's yeah, like it's literally like I, so I mean, basic. I get, I get the whole, like, I want to show my alliance that I'm loyal. And it's part of, like, okay, if this is really an alliance, then I'm safe. And I shouldn't have to worry about the votes. But it's, like, I feel like if it's me, I'm going on the block. You can't help but think, like, they're going to at least think for a minute like okay what if we actually just voted this guy instead like what would actually happen and then that's just gonna snowball and snowball so it's a real a real thing and now you're going out the door even though your alliance like yeah. swore to you that you're safe it's just like fuck that make them prove yeah. their loyalty to you you don't yeah, have to exactly. prove your loyalty to anybody yeah ain't no it betas is. no betas in the have not room <laughs> it, it was funny as well that we have Pooch sitting next to Taylor on eviction night week two and getting blindsided and, and leaving the house. And then this week, the plan was, in Nicole's eyes, for her to throw this veto uh, so that she could sit on the block next to Taylor on eviction night. Uh, and who knows how that would have gone. Uh, yeah. You know, I I don't think, you know, it, it wouldn't have really ever materialized in that way unless the leftovers just never forms. So maybe maybe Nicole in that scenario is uh, actually safe and the votes aren't there. But like, still, why is that a risk that you as Nicole want to take? Like, what 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 value does that provide to you other than like fulfilling your fetish of like getting Taylor out of the house? Mm-hmm. To me, it makes yeah. no sense early game if you're a strong player, physically, mentally, in a good social position in the house, or even one of those three things. And you're sitting next to someone who's hated by the house or the old guy like Terrence or someone who's, they're not going to win a comp. Like, how could you even think that you're safe for a second? Like, I'd be shitting bricks. I'd be like, I'm a better player just overall than this person. There's, it'd be smart to take me out now. That way I'm not at risk to anyone in the future. Because someone like Terrence, is he going to win a comp anytime soon? Probably not. He's not a big threat. You can get him out whenever you want. So it's like, Pooch and next to Taylor was just hated. That doesn't mean he's you're at all safe. If anything, I'm I feel like I'm a bigger target. I'm gone. So I don't understand how I'm here even remotely thinks he's gonna be safe sitting next to Terrence. Well the reason <laughs> it's is a good point, Chad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of all, she in Amira's mind, right? Because she has very little information right now. Mm-hmm. In Amira's mind, she is essentially the fulcrum of two alliances are like her and uh, Alyssa and to a lesser extent Nicole 
uh, are the fulcrum of these two alliances where on one side she has old school which was not really shown on the show even though the big brother account on twitter tweeted out an alliance chart with old school on it which was cool it was very it's very nice of them to do that it's very uh <laughs> I, I i'm definitely pro big brother account tweeting out accurate alliance charts that's a very mm. neat yeah that's the first time they've done that huh it's yeah, usually that's... like what hamster watch yeah like there, there's a bunch of fans who make alliance charts and stuff like that but it's very interesting for the Big Brother account to tweet out uh, a, a pretty accurate alliance chart. Uh, but in sure. Amira's mind, she has old school, which is essentially the six people outside of the leftovers that aren't Indy, right? So Indy's not involved in this alliance. So it's Amira, Nicole, Alyssa, Jasmine, Daniel, Terrence. And that includes this uh, trio from uh, the trio of women from Poe's Pack. Uh, it includes the trio of Daniel, Nicole, Terrence, who before this week were a pretty solid trio with Daniel and Nicole obviously being a duo. And they called themselves mm -hmm. Night Shift, right? And then Jasmine is kind of like loosely attached to them via uh, Amira primarily. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they created this old school alliance. And then they, in Amira's mind, she also has Pose Pack. So she should have at least seven to eight votes locked right obviously she doesn't uh because she is not aware that the leftovers was formed uh, right. so i can understand to a degree if you think you have two power alliances and you're sitting at the fulcrum of that alliance and you just have turner who seems to be off to the side uh, who just lost his number one ally in pooch who has essentially nobody uh visibly um making what appears to just be kind of a random move from an emotional perspective. That's how it's kind of played off in the veto speech. Yeah. Uh, I can see being like, oh, okay, Turner just doesn't know what he's doing. And he just like made this move emotionally uh, because he, you know, wanted Taylor to be safe. And uh, like, okay, I guess I'll put up these two people instead. But like, I'm totally inflated by my people. The Tur and Turner doesn't know that because he's completely in the dark. So like Terrence is just gonna go, right? I can see that. They're, like that's that's essentially yeah. what Amira's perspective is. Yeah, I, I see the pitch. It's just I don't know. I feel like if you're in modern day Big Brother, back backdooring is like the number one thing that everyone wants to do, especially early game. I feel like late game, it's kind of more the writing's on the wall with things. But early game, it's especially this is technically like vote off too. It's. I don't know. I wouldn't feel safe even if I felt like I was in a good spot at any time ever in Big Brother. I'd, I'd feel like I'd be like Kyle. We're just like, okay, maybe I am safe, but I definitely could be better. But then you don't want to overplay, and that's a whole other conversation. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel I I wouldn't be complacent. I could see myself definitely be someone who overplays himself out of a game. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying for sure. And, I'm I'm happy that Amira doesn't see it coming because it's gonna be very oh, fun so tonight. It's, it's gonna be <laughs> so good. I I stand by. I don't think playing too hard is a thing uh, in Big yeah. Brother, at least. I think that it's you you only get in trouble if you play badly. Uh, like mm. look at Kyle, for example. I would argue Kyle is playing the hardest out of anybody. He is doing all yeah. kinds of crazy shit for potentially not even any like feasible reason. And Kyle's in one of the best spots right now. Yeah, it's not about true. playing hard. It's about uh, it's about not playing badly. And right. Amira, this week, got complacent. We saw it in the diary room, and then also in the house, she said multiple times, "Big brother," or up until at least she was backdoored. Uh, Big brother <laughs> is easy. I didn't expect it to be this easy. I really just don't have to do anything. She feels comfortable uh -huh. in her position, and she stopped playing. She stopped. Uh, trying to form new relationships. She stopped reinforcing the relationship she already had with, for instance, the men in post-pack. And it created uh, an opportunity for the men in post-pack to be like, hey, we actually don't have control in this alliance. Amira is running it, and she has this other contingency that's backing her. And if we run this down, she's going to turn on us. As soon as, like, in a week or two, uh, Amira has been talking about trying to set up a situation where Monty or Kyle get targeted. Uh, and this it obviously at some point could get back to them if you're not careful with your information, if you let your relationship slip and you get uh, comfortable 
and you stop playing hard. Uh, because when you're in a position that Amira was in a week ago, you have to continue to play hard in order to maintain that position. Otherwise, people who uh, notice that you're in that position will start playing harder than you and supplant you, which is what Kyle did, in my opinion. So I think that it's not that Amira played too hard uh, or like, you know, uh, was uh, in too good of a spot or whatever. I think she got complacent, she stopped playing hard, and she allowed other people to outplay her. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, is there anything else um, for this week? Um, I mean, uh, uh, I do want to, I mentioned this on Twitter, uh, I do want to say on the podcast that, uh, you know, uh, obviously Paloma leaving or self-evicting week one did save Taylor technically, but I want on the record that based off of the competition that we saw with the balancing thing over the, you know, uh, the musical instrument gear stuff, whatever it was, uh, yeah. that presumably was going to be the backstage competition that Julie explained. Mm -hmm. uh, presumably, Taylor would have gone up against either Alyssa or Paloma. Uh, in that competition, in that first round, she went up against Alyssa and uh, utterly destroyed her, and it was not even close. So I would just like to put it on the record that even if Taylor was evicted normally and Paloma didn't self-evict, and she had to play in that uh, competition, it appears she would be likely to have won it, and Alyssa, or probably, in my opinion, Paloma, would have still been the first person out of the house anyways. So, uh, you know, just to put that on the table, because like, I know, like, obviously, like, the twist was really bad and uh, stupid, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was a dumb. And uh, as as is pretty much every BBUS twist, as is this bestie twist, uh, very bad and stupid. Um, but uh, Taylor would have been safe either way, in my opinion. And uh, and so, if Taylor does go on a run here from now with the leftovers, I hope that's not like. Uh, a cloud over her gameplay or whatever was like, oh, she was supposed to be evicted week one. It's like, well, mm, I don't yeah. actually think she would have gone home week one based off of the twist. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If anything, I think it's a kind of a, you know, a feather in her cap because she came, she came back from being literally mm -hmm. ousted and bullied and, you know, was able to stay mentally sound and strong and Mm. You know, put herself in a better spot. I mean, literally crawled back from the from the dead, like the dead here. So, mm. I don't know. I think she's playing great, and the way she's handling things, you know, although she's obviously upset and crying, it's like she's not retaliating. She's not making herself look like an asshole in any way. Mm. You're just like, okay, I'm just gonna walk away and you know, I'll cry about it and then move on. Mm. So, yeah, and the we, way she handled know. Daniel was great. Oh. For sure. I mean, she's like, uh, she handled that better than I would have. And she, uh, she definitely, uh, even afterwards, where she was like, you know, I know that Daniel is probably going to get torn apart uh, by the fans for this. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that, uh, that you know, he knows that I still have his back and like stuff like that. And it's like, oh, man, I would not. <laughs> I know, like... You're giving him, you're giving him way more grace than I would. Um, <laughs> like, like, I don't uh... know if you're doing this for your own good PR. Don't you look like a good no. person? But I think she's genuinely just like a good person. And it just yeah. sucks. Like, I think if, imagine if this was anyone else in that house. Like, imagine they were doing this to, imagine they did to Pooch or someone like Monty. Like, I feel like they would definitely be hotheads about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do want to say that, like, as far as Taylor's game, uh, there were, with this plan that enacted today, where Taylor was supposed to leak this, like, half-fake info to Terrence to try to stir up drama, a lot of people were worried, and Taylor herself uh, made a comment of being worried that this was going to blow back negatively on her and continue to spiral some kind of uh, negative feelings from the people outside of the leftovers. But... Mm -hmm. Uh, luckily, when Terrence relayed this information forward, at least from what we saw on the feeds, obviously, like, things could have changed after the feeds cut, but from what we saw on the feeds, when Terrence then relayed this information forward, he said, 
uh, I think a person told me this, or like people have said to me that this alliance exists, or like that mm -hmm. they overheard about this alliance and left Taylor's name out of it, which is very good, obviously, for her, that she was able to plant the seed for her alliance and then have the seed be planted further without her name being attached to it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, very good. All right, anything else? Great. I think, uh, you know, obviously, by the time you're listening to this, most like, oh, Almost 100% by the time you're listening to this. You'll have seen the episode. Hopefully it's a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I can't imagine it being bad. They have, to, they have to massively screw it up to be bad. Right. DR would have to be like, Amir, you're going home. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but obviously that's not a thing. Yeah. So, you know, you guys want to shout out your social media here? Yeah. Chad, sure. Yep. You can find me on Instagram at ChadleyJP. And on Twitter at Chad Perry two five, right here somewhere. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Fake B Marlins B M A R R. Then uh, most of the time, uh, I am over on the Wicked Good Sports channel. Uh, Chad also joins me during the NFL season, which is fast approaching. I'm so excited. Uh, he covers the Patriots for us. Uh, we cover. All the major sports now. We, we actually have a baseball guy now. So now all the four wow. major sports, you know, we're, we're making stuff happen. So if you've somehow gotten through this and are not tired of my voice, uh, we have plenty more on that channel. Yeah, and you can follow uh, me uh, on Twitter at Ben Sharon. I've actually been tweeting about this season. Uh, it's a surprise. I mean, there's, there's obviously stuff to talk about, uh, which is rare on uh, Big Brother US these days. So uh, you can follow me there. Uh, I'll probably be tweeting about this uh, this eviction or some of the fallout that happens afterwards when the feeds come back on tonight. Uh, you can obviously follow the main channel on Twitter at WG Everything and then Wicked Good Everything on Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube, the main channel. And then this channel on YouTube is Better Radio. This is our podcast channel. Otherwise, you can find us on every other podcasting platform. We are the Have Not Room. We will be back hopefully next week. Uh, One thing too, uh, speaking of TikTok, we have a have not room TikTok. So just search oh, very nice. have not room for that. Uh, sorry, I, I should have told you that before. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, absolutely. I, I think you mentioned it, but I didn't think to add it to the shout out. So I'll remember that for the next time. Uh, yeah, so you can check that out. We'll probably post some uh, like clips from the podcast up on there, some fun Big Brother stuff. Uh, yeah. until next time we'll hopefully have a lot of fun follow to talk out for next week uh, until then this is the have not room enjoy the episode and the blind side <laughs>